Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 21 of Did You Watch The Race? This week we'll be discussing the Spa Grand Prix, which brought us much promised rain, along with some great scraps on track and off-track drama. Thanks to everyone who came to our live F1 watch party event on Sunday in the Lighthouse Pub in Dunleary. It was great to see you all there, and we had such a good time playing Grid Bingo and our F1 quiz, so thanks everyone for coming. I'm producer and social media manager Gemma, and I've been watching F1 for four years. I'm Jason, and I've been watching F1 for 15 years. And I'm Colm, and I've been watching F1 for four years as well. So before we get into the race, we'll chat through the quali session and sprint, I suppose, a little bit. The Friday quali, yeah, was interesting. Obviously, we had Max getting through by the skin of his teeth. And then a bit of drama between him and Hamilton on holding each other up as well. <laughs> they really just, it, it is amazing how you can, t- they can tell when they're beside each other on the track. I Even in practice sessions, everything since 2021 I feel like there's just always a bit of an edge it's very hostile <laughs> yeah, I think Hamilton got sensors in his car specifically for Max when he gets close <laughs> it, it seems like it, it is it's from both of them as well it's not it's not just one or the other obviously it's a bit more one-sided this year with Max being able to breeze past him <laughs> as and when is needed but yeah so Max hangs yeah. around him for no good reason just, just to irritate him <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah hello there Lewis yeah but Max with a whopper lap to put it on well what should have been pole, but then he had his five-place grid penalty. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, big, big owl. He gapped the field pretty aggressively. His near miss in Q2, that was, I think, just due to timing? Yeah, he had a big moment, wasn't it, on one of the laps, and that kind of left him a bit shy. And obviously Spa mm-hmm. is such a long lap as well that if they're doing a cool-down, especially in the rain, if they're doing a cool-down lap and charging, it's got to two and a half, three minutes by the time they're they're ready to go again. So in a 15-minute session, you don't really have much margin for error. Yeah, Spa is also like a very dangerous track, like historically, so especially in the rain. So I can understand, even if... He did have time to go again. Well, Max probably would have gone again, but other drivers that have scared in the track, they'd probably be a bit nervous to go full force in the rain. Yeah, and we've seen that obviously with Ocon going off as well. Oh, forgot about that. He took like half the hoarding with him as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, that, that's why there was repairs to go into Q3. That was mad. But again, I suppose, yeah, we've seen, I think, Jeremy, you mentioned it, and going from the interest to slicks, we've seen a massive amount of track development then as well throughout the session. It's mad because I don't think I've seen that before in previous years, but this year, or maybe it's just I'm getting used to it, but this year it's happened a lot where there's been wet tracks and then watching the track develop, it just happened so fast and you're like, oh, that's a great lap. And then all of a sudden you have like the back markers. Had, I feel like we've had a lot more drying sessions yeah. this year. Yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah. Maybe it's just because I'm notice- noticing it more now, um, but... I hadn't seen it before, but yeah, it's mad. Yeah. And it makes it really exciting. I really enjoy the qualification this year has been actually really enjoyable. Yeah, I agree, Callum. The qualifying's been really good this year. I think definitely like the mood, like the, the weather. I know we've had um, uh, wet at some point almost every weekend, it seems this year, but Spa being so interchangeable so quickly was made it even more interesting that the movement from Inters onto Slicks added a nice element to it. Yeah, actually, yeah, especially at the start. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe this is why uh, F1 have such an odd travel schedule. There's adding a climate change to make the races more exciting, or the qualities more exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it's a grand plan oh, by... Uh, what's, yeah. what's the name of the company that owns it now again? Liberty? Liber- Liberty. Yeah, Liberty's oh. uh, master plan. Fun fact, if you also want to hate F1 management a little bit more, you know they own the majority of Ticketmaster. Oh, oh Jesus. fuck, you're joking. Yeah. <laughs> 
Right. Well, the podcast own, is cancelled. <laughs> they own the company that owned the majority of Ticketmaster. Jesus that Christ. Sucks. The Sprint Quali then, Sprint Shootout, is that what it's called? Yeah, Sprint Shootout. Sprint Shootout. We had, I think the main story of that really was Piastri being 1100s off for Stappen and Sainz being 1100s off Piastri as well. Yeah. That was really tight. But yeah, Piastri, again, my boy. <laughs> He's doing great. He's, He's doing, doing great, fantastic. Uh, this He's... is great showing. This is the best showing from a rookie, I think, in a long time. Yeah, yeah, since at least Leclerc and then going back probably to Verstappen. And then after that, you're going back to maybe Vettel and Hamilton, I would say. So potentially, yeah. he is. He's the next. I know it sounds weird to talk about the next generation of talent when we're already in or still in the current one. And do you know what the current generation is? Max, Leclerc, George, Lando. They're all what twenty three to twenty five. Yeah, and we're talking about the next generation. But he is shaping up yet to be his generation's Max. Again, the sprint, like the shootout, was also delayed due to rain. So again, that made it very interesting. So I believe everyone started on wet and then the wets and then there was a bit of a dash for inters and yes. half the grid pitted for inters immediately. I think after the I, formation lap, wasn't it? Yeah. Or was it a rolling start? It was after the rolling start. Yeah. 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 And then the whole second half of the grid came in right after that in the next lap. Yes. That was yeah. very interesting. That was really good. That was cool. I actually think the sprint, I didn't see the sprint. I only watched the highlights, but I think the sprint was the most exciting part of the weekend. It was kind of rage and I missed it. Yeah, I was watching it. It was good. Yeah. There was obviously a few kind of big moments in it. The Hamilton Perez crash was. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Come I here now. What's your thoughts, Jason? I. <laughs> in general. <laughs> <laughs> like I just uh, apparently there was like a steward who was like uh, advocating for uh, Hamilton not to get penalties I w- obviously saw it it didn't really it kind of looked almost like an incident it was rather a bit 50-50 than a, yeah yeah I thought it was very harsh I think it's kind of unique in the fact that in either result I would have been like ah, yeah fair enough I think he understeered into mm-hmm. him but I think Perez was he had a bit more room to the left he, he's not forced to move over to it but this is one of those scenarios where I think we spoke about it after Hungary where Perez is driving too aggressively and it's going to catch up with him this is one of those he wasn't in he was in the right as in Hamilton mm-hmm. understeered into him but if he had to move over a little more his race would have continued you know mm-hmm. so yeah. uh, you know I think he was yeah he had his elbows out a little bit too much but yeah Hamilton took too much speed to the corner understeered inside of him so I can 100% see why it's penalty if they had to give it as a race an instant I uh, it, <laughs> I've literally seen both sides of it where people mm. are being like oh the FIA are just for Red Bull now if Hamilton wasn't given a penalty it would be oh the FIA are just looking out for Hamilton you know there, there was it was too close to be a defined yeah, fair. result in either way I don't think there was yeah I, I, it was a penalty Jeez, F1 are just looking out for themselves mm-hmm. yeah who would have thought no just regardless as in it, it, it was a penalty that's what was given so that's what we have to say was yeah you know mm. Hamilton made yep. a mistake and hit somebody else so diplomatic of you Jason speaking of penalties Sergeant also got a five second penalty for unsafe release I think there were a lot of unsafe releases into the that was scary to watch yeah pits. That was insane. Also yeah. very enjoyable. Oh yeah. <laughs> Added to the chaos. As in like it was tension but it also it was so well executed. Like as in when they made it out fine on the other end it was like Jesus. Yeah they have mm. a bit more leeway in Spa because it's such a wide pit lane but you know leeway still only goes so far. So. Yeah. I was just going to say there were some really good scraps so the two that I noted was Paris Hamilton and Signs, basically like three car widths apart like or 
three abreast, scrapping for P4. Uh, and obviously Perez had absolutely no grip and then Leclerc overtaking Perez and then almost getting signs as well. That was really exciting and they were like wheel to wheel. Uh, that was really fun. And then obviously poor Perez spun out. But before that, it was very it was very enjoyable to watch. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think the sprint race this weekend was really good. I'm still not a big fan of the format. It being like a mini weekend inside the weekend is a little bit odd. But today, or not today, but like this weekend, it provided quite good entertainment. I do like the fact that they're trying it on a wide variety of tracks as well. Like Spa is never a track I would look at that would suit the sprint, but at least they are like rotating it through, trying it on different tracks, trying to get where it works the best for it. Yeah. Good point. I don't think it's going to have much impact on the championship. Hopefully not. I'd hate to see a winner or loser dependent on a sprint race. But at the same time... um, You have to be at your best all the time if you want to win a world championship yeah true i guess um but i guess at the same time it's also good to see that uh maybe if i even though i don't particularly enjoy the format of the sprint race there's something there that maybe that could be um yeah quite enjoyable to watch like as a fan might be a bit more difficult for the teams and the drivers but as a fan i really enjoyed it this weekend so i could definitely be coming around to it Thanks, guys, for coming to our watch party in the Lighthouse Dunleary this Sunday. So just before the race, we've done some pre-race predictions with you guys. So we're going to play some of those now. What do you think is going to happen during the race today? What are your any predictions? So for the race, Max, obviously. He's going to do Lewis in second. Piastri in third. Any particular reason for Piastri in third? Do you think he can manage to stay at that position for the whole race? Um, I like him. I think he's doing quite well this year and I'd like to see him get on the podium. Can't see him beating Lewis if he's, he's ahead on like. Uh, what do I predict? Uh, as someone who doesn't really watch F1, I can predict that there'll be a race. Uh, there will be winners. There will be losers. And there will be a, just a... You know, a checkered flag at the end of the race. Okay, Connor, what do you think is going to happen during the race today? Uh, I think that Max is going to inevitably take the lead. Charles will probably spin out. I think McLaren will keep steady, and Russell and Hamilton will sneak up somewhere. But I'm not—I I don't know where they'll finish. But they usually are good in the race there. I agree. So, Paul, you have a Ferrari hat with you there. Do you think they're going to be able to hold it together today? I hope so. If they're running a two-stop, there's always potential that they will do something wrong. I just, I just think there's more potential for chaos and self-sabotage there. Yeah, no, I, uh, I think it'll be a steady midfield sort of Ferrari race as the last couple of have been. Yeah, yeah. Kenny, yeah. what do you think? I'd like it. I'd like Yuki to get a point or two, but it's not going to happen. I don't think. I don't think so. What do you think about uh, Danny coming back? It's controversial, but I think he had his shot, and I don't. I think someone like Liam Lawson should be in the seat. It's a training seat, so I think someone like that should be in it. I know everyone would hate me to say that, but I just think that is a seat that should be reserved for someone coming into into the sport, kind of thing. So, Moira, what's going to happen today? I think Kerry are going to win the All Ireland. Well, Becca, <laughs> how's your day going? My day's going pretty good. Nice. What are your predictions for the race? I hope for some sort of chaos and on the off chance that Max doesn't win, at least maybe P2, P3 might be interesting. All right, Mikhail. Any predictions for the race other than Max winning? I'm hoping Piastri gets his podium. I think he's been unlucky the last two weeks not to. Yeah, I agree. I think obviously Lando has gotten the podium the past two weeks for McLaren 
but I think he's obviously struggling a bit already. I don't know what it is this weekend, but um, I think it's something to do with his crash he had a couple of years ago in the in the rain and spa might be holding him back a bit. I think it'd be hard for it to not be in your mind. It was a massive shunt. We were there two years ago, and it looked horrible when it happened. So I'd say it's hard for him to perform in the rain. It's definitely got to be in your in the back of your mind. Roy, do you have any predictions for the race? I think if it's wet, all bets are off. Are you hoping for absolute chaos? No, no, very open mind. I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a good race, especially if there is rain. It'll shake things up a bit. So, Owen, do you have any race predictions for today? Um, I think there's going to be a bit of self-sabotage for Ferrari. Always is, isn't there? Exactly, yeah. I, to be honest, I think it's going to be something from Leclerc trying to battle for pole position out onto the first turn. I'm hoping that there won't be any crashes, but I have a funny feeling that there's going to be something messy coming into some of the turns with the kind of wet conditions. Um, I reckon it's going to be Verstappen. I'm hoping Perez is going to be one of them, and I think uh, Lando is going to be up there as well. Thanks very much for that, guys. It was great to get out and talking to you. And now to talk about how you're all wrong. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone predicted a dry race, so they weren't that far off. Yeah. Actually, no, yeah. they were very, very close. There was very, I'm going to be very technical. There was, there was scatters of rain. Wow. Actually, it was just Level George sweating in his helmet. The, in stark contrast to the sprint race then, obviously Piastri didn't make it beyond turn one. Have you seen Sainz's... That same person actually predicted Piastri to come second or third or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the two of their reactions to this? As in off track or yeah, since, in the moment? Since, no. Yeah, since. No. So obviously after their contact, yeah, into turn one, which ended up with Piastri retiring and Sainz with a lot of damage and subsequently retired before the end of the race as well but Piastri after the race in an interview was kind of like um yeah he hit me and that was kind of that and then Science tweeted again today about it or had it on his Instagram basically just outright blaming Piastri for it and it was fully Science's fault no I'd say it was about um, 70 30 yeah come on like you can't like oh I don't know I feel like I'm sure Science was screwed as well he didn't really have anywhere to go and Piastri Sign squeeze, but he was the one that locked up. Yeah, um, but like Piastri obviously took a risk and he went down in the, in the on the inside. There's not really much else he could have done if he had pulled no. out earlier. He could probably could have kept going in the race. But, but so I'm not saying really his fault. To yeah, exactly. He had nowhere to go. Yeah. Signs had nowhere to go. I know he locked up, but like, yeah, yeah. No, I yeah, I I don't think it was a hundred percent one driver's fault, but. It was just funny that Science was the one too. Yeah. Yeah, so that ended both of their races, but, well, effectively, like, Science was very much cannon fodder after that for an awful lot of drivers while they kept going. Yeah. I, yeah, definitely. Like, this is definitely uh, one of the times where Ferrari were definitely justified in uh, just focusing on Leclerc. Yeah, yeah. Leclerc honestly didn't exist. Which was great. No, honestly, that's good yeah, news for Ferrari. But yeah, it was a fairly bland podium but when you end up with a podium for Leclerc you know you can't really complain especially with Ferrari yeah the, you know very so impressive he had a good race to keep Hamilton behind him as well I Hamilton's pace was confusing yes it was very odd wasn't it yeah what way did they have the car set up do you know they low down force uh, basically everyone by the McLarens were low down force ah okay fair enough yeah Hamilton seemed to have the pace to challenge Leclerc but never did. Yeah, he was like there for a long time and he was kind of just kind of pushing the Claire on. Hello. And then just didn't do anything. Yeah. 
maybe just didn't have the straight line speed and I know they had told him kind of to manage a little bit and then they didn't want him to drop too much back off him either in case for well in case Ferrari Ferrari'd and had something you know had some sort of an issue I think maybe but they never did Ferrari just kept struggling along they didn't have as much wear maybe as Mercedes were expecting them to yeah, as well I, I think that was it I think they didn't have the pace to, to keep up with the, the Ferrari but Hamilton was doing a very good job and they were probably expecting more strategy availability with the pit stops. Yeah. They obviously then were able to pit and get the fastest lap point then with the end with Hamilton, which is a nice... That was good, yeah. Possibly one of their first fast laps of the year, is it? Yeah. Obviously, we didn't get to see the interviews in the lighthouse due to some GA-related technical difficulties. (laughs) But um, (sighs) I wonder... Did you watch them afterwards, the interviews? I wonder what Max was uh, thinking after that. I say he would have been Did mildly you know annoyed. That is the only point he dropped in July. Jesus. Out of what? four races, yeah. And Max so far this year has an average of 26.2 points per race weekend. That's that crazy. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. He's definitely like, I remember I said, I think I said this earlier in the year. I think this is going to be the record for the most dominant year. I, I just don't see him losing yeah. um, uh, unless there's some massive developments in some of the cars and their upgrades. I really don't see anything happening. Then Russell, I suppose, as well, a bit of a... Then Russell as well obviously had a bit of a meh weekend. He was a little bit off Hamilton throughout and still popped up with a nice sixth place finish. Yeah, he had a very quiet race, well. didn't he? Yeah. But he's still trying along and doing what Mercedes need him to do at the moment as well, I suppose. Just keeping getting them points. You know, he's very seldom out of the points. Which is what's keeping Mercedes in second compared to Ferrari and Aston Martin. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Keep all in all. Good work, Russell. All in all, I think Mercedes will be content going into the into the summer break. Mm. I don't think they'll be overly happy, but yeah. Yeah, definitely. On the other flip side of that, then McLaren have come down from the heady heights they've been maybe for the last few weekends, but not in a bad way. No, I think they're still doing really... Like, if you took this weekend, um, if this was the first weekend after the upgrades, I think they'd be delighted. Yeah. Obviously not what they were expecting probably for the weekend, but obviously they had the different setup than everyone else, the low downforce that they didn't have. Um, yeah. So they didn't really have the pace or the ability to fight for this race, so... That's unfortunate for them. But look, I think they're definitely still in it. Like, I think they'll be up there on the podium. Then moving on to probably McLaren's rivals at the moment, which would be Aston Martin, who kind of had a bit of a meh weekend themselves. Like, I know that, I I don't know if we, I think we touched on it before about what Mike Crack had said about the upgrades slowing the Aston Martins down, uh, which is mad that that can be so counterproductive. So they obviously have that limitation, but Alonso had some kind of interesting scraps as he always does. Stroll had a few as well. Uh, not a massively memorable race for either of them, I think. No. Overall, I th- outside of Max, obviously, I, I don't think anyone is that particularly happy leaving Spa. Nobody's that upset, but I think most of the cars and teams were roughly where you'd expect them to have been. Mm. Yeah, there was no massive shock in fairness. No, like the Williams, that's actually a, yeah, really good summation know. of the weekend, I'd say. Mm. I wouldn't say that it was a dull race. I just think it the result ended up very expected, maybe. It was the natural order of things. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, th- I think McLaren will be not happy for s- from Spa, but happy with their progress at the minute. Yeah, 
I think maybe that, that's something we yeah. can do while we're in our season break. We can do a mid-season review review of, of where teams are. So moving on then to Alpine, who had a bit of a wild weekend on and off track. Um, obviously, before Spa had even begun, I think it was on Thursday that it was announced that team principal Otmar Zaufner and a lead engineer? One of the lead technical engineers, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. They had, they were, I was going to say they had decided to part ways. I'm pretty sure they were fired, uh, effective almost of immediately. So from now on, we will see no more of Otmar for the moment at Alpine. Um, he had which is one of the best quotes mad. I've seen in the sport in a long time describing what Alpine are trying to do. That he just basically said, it's like they've got nine women pregnant in the hopes of having a baby in a month. What? Yeah, which, which is is that actually what he said? Yeah, which is what they're doing. They're just blasting yeah. through people and staff and drivers because there there's one little issue with them, and the, you know they've no not no commitment to it. But I don't see what the overall yeah. goal going of this project is. Role. Yeah, like it's, but like I honestly like I know Drive Survive is only a, a little tiny teeny tiny window into F one. But even from last year and his commit, like he seemed really committed to Alpine this year. He seen like even when they were doing shit, like he strikes me as someone who is going to be there through thick and thin to a degree. And yeah, well, like look at a stint. Like there's no loyalty. <laughs> look at a stint with Force India into Racing Point into Aston Martin. Yeah, uh, he's dealt with a lot of shit. He's dealt with it, but like the the Force India team was one of the least funded teams on the grid, and it was consistently punching above its weight for years on end. And that's, you know, what really set the basis for Racing Point into Aston Martin to do what they're doing at the moment. So he's clearly a very talented people organiser and, you know, management. So when when they appointed him, I was like, oh, that's a very shrewd move by Alpine mm. because they're in that kind of in-between. They don't have as much money as even McLaren, you know, obviously not Ferrari, Aston Martin, etc. So I thought that was a good way to do it. But it just seems like the management outside of the F1 team, the Alpine group management in towards the team are just looking for results yesterday and don't want to... scrambling. Yeah. Now, there is obviously, like, Alpine is technically, like, a French public subsidiary company, so there probably is, you know, a bit of pressure on that side, but, yeah, it it seems very, very short-sighted, and I I struggle to see where they're going to go from here. What a great quote, though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, iconic. We'll miss him. He's a great. He was a great addition. Yeah. yeah, complete juxtaposition then, though, with Gasly getting the podium in the Giant Spirit race. Oh yeah, God, I forgot about that. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So because he had such a shit uh, race. race. Yeah. Yeah. Very different emotions all around. I suppose it's nice for Atmar to get one last hurrah. Yeah. Send off with the team. Yeah. So yeah, Alpine. I just, I, I don't know where they're going. A bit of chaotic weekend. Can we just take a second to recognise Ocon's overtake of Sonoda? Because that was wild. Yeah. Wasn't the last couple of laps, wasn't it? Oh, you were there. It was lap 38. Lap 38, yeah. Yeah. Very Crazy. good. So that was like the one shining light in an utter shit show of Alpine. <laughs> it's a great weekend from Yuki after last weekend and kind of mm. Ricardo coming back and doing quite well. This was a bit of a, hey, I'm still here performance. Oh yeah, I think he done fantastic yeah. this weekend. Super mature, super fast all weekend, and I I didn't particularly see what happened with Danny Rick that he was so far down. I, I just didn't have the pace in the car. 
I think, you know, he got his time deleted in quality, didn't he? And then he ended up yeah, really low. He did. And then, so he started low. I think he he had to pit at one point for... He pitted like everyone else. And then there was an issue with his tyres, I think. And then he pitted again straight after or something like that. Um, yeah, I think it's no pace as well. Yeah. Yeah. We see, like in, I, I can kind of understand understand that a little bit. I suppose, given we've talked about how dangerous Spa is as a track, when you're hopping into a new car, it's very easy to, yeah, to to not have the full commitment. Especially when they didn't get much run in any of the free practice, they're straight into qualifying. Lap time deleted. It's a bad start to your weekend. So yeah, I, 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 I like we we'll need to give Danny Rick probably until. I'd say maybe after Monza until we can really start saying he's back or he's back. Yeah, like I think we really need yeah. to wait until he gets into the that other Red Bull seat before we can start judging him, you know. <laughs> like uh, that'll probably be in a couple of weeks, so we yeah. can see then. We obviously didn't talk about Red Bull, but I don't think there's much to be said at the moment about them. So hopefully maybe we might have something to talk about them in the near future. Exactly. Impervious as ever. Will we do our race rating? Yes. Oh, yeah. Let's. So at present, yet yeah, still Austria first, Spain second, and Monaco third. I'd probably put this in maybe after Silverstone before Miami. So that would be in fifth. Oh, no, I'd put it below Miami now. Between Miami and Australia, I'd say. Yeah, I think at this stage, there's so many races. They're all getting a bit jumbled in my head, and it does feel like it was a good race. I think the, the middle section was a bit slow. The start was very exciting. The end was good, but the middle section was a bit slow. So yeah, I'd probably put it in around. Yeah, I'd probably I'm, agree I'm, with Gemma. I'm happy yet to go after Miami. Yeah, number sixth. Ooh. So sixth. Yeah, we're halfway through the season. I would say about eighty percent of the races have been fa- solid five, six out of tens. Yeah. I don't think we've had any bar maybe Bahrain, Baku, Jeddah. We haven't had any very bad races I think the funny thing is all the races haven't had any great ones yeah no, I think the thing is there's no great races because the the actual quality of the racing and the individual races are really good however there's no overarching theme of plot uh, of the season yeah anticipation or excitement or tension mm-hmm. between any yeah. of the teams everyone's in their own place the only change there's been in the past while has been McLaren and other than that there's, there's, there's not much excitement that you can add on top of a weekend from an overarching theme for the season if that makes sense yeah I agree totally yeah so we're three weeks out from the next race so we'll be back with Zandvoort then That'll be all from us this week, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for meeting us in Dunleary. We'll be back next Wednesday with a mini episode to give you your F1 fix. Afterwards, we'll be taking a two-week break and we'll be back to review the Dutch Grand Prix. If you've enjoyed the podcast, be sure to give us a follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. It really helps us out if you leave us a review there and make sure to tell your friends and family to give us a listen. We're also on Instagram at Did You Watch The Race, all one word. And while you're there, be sure to check out Coley Illustrations, who do all our lovely artwork. Thanks for listening. I've been Jason. I've been Colm. I've been Gemma. And we'll talk to you next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And it gave us our first Piastri podium. Yeah. Woo! Delighted for him. We are welcome to Did You Watch Piastri Race? <laughs> I'm Jason and I'm a fanboy. <laughs> <laughs>